You are Locked On Tigers, your daily Detroit Tigers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is up, everybody? We are back here for another edition of Locked on Tigers. I am, of course, your host, Scott Bentley. Thanks for making Locked on Tigers your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. I always think it's funny. I uh, like I, I start the show with that, and it's awesome. The, the vindication of going to a Tigers game this year and, uh, and, and having having a dude walk up to me and say that that him and his housemate literally listen to my show to start off their mornings, like to start off their days. That's awesome, man. If if you're st- I know it's the off season and there's not a lot to talk about. If you're still doing that, hit me up, dog, cuz <laughs> that that really did make my day. Um the the fact that I that I read that at the beginning of of every show and uh and to actually hear, you know, like, yo, we, me and my housemate literally do that. Uh, that, that was, that was kind of a cool moment. Um, so welcome Tuesday, October 19th, 2021. Uh, we are going to talk about, it's been long enough now where obviously in the off season, there's, there's a lot of, there's not a lot of rather, uh, news stories, and the uh, the news, especially in the postseason, when your team misses the playoffs, you're just kind of waiting for the postseason to end. Uh, in the offseason, we'll, we'll have stories almost every day because baseball offseason, this offseason is going to be wild. A lot of free agents, winter meetings back in person, uh, the new CBA. There's going to be plenty of news to discuss when the offseason actually starts, non-tender deadline, arbitration cases, all kind of electric stuff. Um, but... When your team doesn't make the postseason and you're and you're just waiting for the playoffs, then we can't do anything, right? So, news stories themselves are few and far between until after the World Series. But um, I think it's been it's been a solid week, maybe even longer since we've actually covered any current Tigers news because they are so few and far between. But I think I have three stories, uh, whether they're they're Tigers specific. Or, or one of them is more general baseball. Two of them are Tiger specific, um, and uh, and and I think that we have enough news stories to make a, a full three segment th- show with three current events. Um, so, so that's what we're going to do today. And then tomorrow will be our Bo Brisky interview. So that's super cool too. Uh, Bo won Tigers Minor League Pitcher of the Year. Riley Green's getting all the the kind of publicity and stuff, deservedly so. Fantastic player, as we're all aware. Um, as the uh, as the Tigers Minor League Player of the Year, but the Tigers Minor League Pitcher of the Year, Bro Brisky has has really not gotten any uh, any attention in in the media. So so we're gonna give him that, and I can't wait to share with you guys the interview. It's gonna be super super cool. Uh, and, uh, and yeah, you guys can hear from the Tigers minor league pitcher of the year had a great season. So that'll be tomorrow. Today, we're going to talk about, uh, three things. One, we are going to talk about the, uh, minor league housing that, uh, that whole rule that just got passed that, uh, Je- Jeff Passan, I don't know if he was the first, but, but Jeff Passan's the, the biggest baseball reporter in the world. So uh, that's that's who I'm going to give the credit to. But if he gives credit to someone else, obviously take that as the first report. 
Um, and then we are going to talk about the uh, Verlander situation. He got offered, or hasn't been offered, but the Astros say that they plan on offering, make qualifying offers. We're going to go over what all that means. And then we are also going to talk about the Tigers uh, and Bally Sports announcing that uh, it sounds like the entire booth is going to come back. So we'll get into uh, what that means and, and kind of the, the history of the Tigers broadcast booth. So, welcome back. And also, if you are an absolute trooper, and I love you, if you listened to the entire hour-long podcast yesterday of me just rambling about old Tigers teams, for real, like hit me up, I'm not even kidding. If you listen to the entire hour, hit me up and just say like, yo, uh, you're stupid and you suck, but I listened to the whole hour. I don't care what else you say in the message, but if you give... If you, if you admit to listening to the entire hour of that show start to finish, you deserve a medal. I did not mean it to go that long at all. I just love to ramble. Um, and and yeah, so here we are. So I apologize, but also thank you uh, in the same breath. I, I hope that it wasn't too, uh, too, too ridiculous of me to post that whole hour. I, I hope it was at least somewhat enjoyable for you. All right, let's get into the... Uh, the, the minor league housing situation. Minor league, um, the, the, the situation of the minor leaguers has been such a topic of conversation for the last several years as social media and just everybody having a camera on them at all times and, and, and just the, the ability to spread information as quickly as we do nowadays uh, that has really brought to life the horrible, <clears throat> do, do not get it twisted, horrible, uh, not only living conditions, but just conditions of minor league baseball players in general. Um, and uh, it, it has finally come to light and, and uh, a spotlight has been put on it a lot more. And it looks like we took a big step in the right direction a couple of days ago, October 17th, Pass and announces Major League Baseball will provide housing for minor league players starting in 2022. It's also great news that it wasn't one of those stupid things where people go, hey, we admit we have a problem, but it's not going to take effect until 2027, right? Like that happens a lot, uh, especially with a s- several team names in uh, in sports kind of had that thing go on, right? So it's really good that they admitted it was a problem and um, that that it the the plan is in place to address it right away. Now it should have. I'm not saying that this is not long overdue because it is very long overdue. But at, at least at the time of the announcement, it's an immediate change. That's awesome. So the MLB has not uh, kind of formally laid out their plan for this. I would imagine that in the off season, especially with the new CBA. Uh, when all the details of that come out, that it will be a lot more, uh, that, that we will get a lot more of a, a direct kind of uh, uh, format, I guess would be the word. But for now, we know that Major League Baseball is going to require teams to provide housing for minor league players. This is a massive win, a massive win. And it is not, job not finished, Kobe Bryant, job not finished. There is still a, a lot of things that need to be done for minor leaguers in this game uh, and, a, and a lot of conditions that still need to improve, but this is a step in the right direction.
It, it's it's a it really is a a, a historic day. I, I'm not even kidding. This is a really really big deal, and I, I do not want to make light of this situation at all. This is a huge deal. If you just go on Twitter or Facebook or or any social media platform that minor league players or former minor league players are on, just look up the, some of the replies to this announcement. You have former minor leaguers tweeting pictures of 12 of them in sleeping bags in rooms the size of my bedroom. That is horrible. My, my college dorm room was a quad. I had four dudes living in one tiny ass dorm room and that looked spacious as hell compared to some of these horrible pictures that have been uh, that, that have been put out there and, and evidence that we have gathered over the years of just horrible situations for minor league players. We've had stories of players saying that uh, they are not sure where their next meal was going to come from. Team meals was the only time they ate. Uh, meals that were paid for, you know, by the club or, or, the, or the housing situation or whatnot uh, was the only time that they were able to eat. There, there was a story of, of a former player who talked about how they the bus got off at a gas station and he couldn't afford to go into the gas station and buy like a candy bar or something. Like, like there, there's still a long way to go. But having minor league players have having teams have required housing for minor leaguers is a massive step in the right direction. We're going to get proper living situations for these players. It's very deserved, and uh, and and I'm I'm even though job not finished, very very happy with this news. The next step is to take that a step further and give them some more livable wages. People don't realize that not. At, I, and saying not every minor leaguer has like that big signing bonus or big salary honestly doesn't do it, do it even remotely justice. A majority of these people in the minors are are career minor leaguers, are dudes that that have that have uh, that 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 will likely not make the majors, will will likely never see the majors, will never never likely never be consistent major league baseball players. And we need to take the next step of, of make, giving them a more livable salary. I, I think it's personally, I think it's pretty ridiculous that some of these people ha- play minor league baseball and, and can barely afford to put food on their table during the baseball season. And then in the off season are told to, uh, well, not are told to, but in order to be financially stable in the off season, they then have to go find other jobs and work one, even multiple jobs in the MLB or in the MILB off season, just to be able to afford to play baseball for the organization that is a a billion dollar organization with billionaire owners. And I I just think the whole thing is very flawed. Somehow that's also a controversial opinion. Uh, I, I promise you I will not answer you if you come at me telling me about some ridiculousness of minor league players. I don't even understand what those people are defending. That's a whole rabbit hole. I don't even want to go down that. But I really don't understand what you're even defending by saying, no, they don't deserve to get paid more. What are you gatekeeping? What are you? What are you? I literally don't know the stance. You're just arguing to argue. You just don't want to see... 
someone get a raise in a profession that does not even remotely defect, like directly affect yours. I, that that's a whole rabbit hole. I, I don't even want to go down that. But it's it, this is a big a big win, a big win for baseball. Baseball fans should be super happy with this. It's really really awesome. Um, like I said, steps still to be taken. Next step would be more uh, a little bit of a salary increase, some more livable wages. And, uh, and, and, you know, expecting some of these players to, to go, you know, in the off season and then tell them, you know, Hey, work on this, work on this, come into camp better. You know, these guys are fighting for roster spots in in the next season, next spring. It's like, okay, I'm fighting for a roster spot, but the entire winter I was working two jobs that I could afford then to come play baseball because I know I'm not going to make enough money playing baseball. And the whole thing is very flawed. Um, if if you truly wanted your uh, your players to, if you wanted to get the most out of all your players and, and create a true development pipeline, uh, you you would think that you would provide them a lot more. The Dodgers are the golden standard currently for for that. If if you look and look, it shows their major league product is a juggernaut. Uh, they've been dominating their division and making the playoffs almost every year of the last decade and they're going to for the next decade. And and that's that's that is a correlation. There is a direct correlation between that. Do not get it twisted. There, there there's a huge correlate the, the Dodgers have been treating their minor leaguers uh, and their organization way better than than I mean, I, I don't want to say every single other team because I, I don't have my pulse on every organization that well, but I, the, the Dodgers, I know for a fact, are the golden standard for that. They have uh, they, they pay for a lot of meals. They have a lot of meals provided. I know that they have some housing situations. The Royals recently announced a, a, a housing situation uh, that, that'll help a lot. Step in the right direction. Steps still need to be taken. Okay, so that's that's the end of that. I just wanted to celebrate that as a as a major um, major win for baseball. Baseball is, has taken its lumps in the last 10, 20 years. That it sure, certainly has had its flaws, uh, and and this is by no means fixing it. But uh, but but like I said, major step in the right direction. So so good job, baseball, for a change. A very 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 good job. And uh, hopefully it's a sign of things to come. All right, let's get into uh, some Tiger stuff for the next two segments. We're going to get into the uh, Justin Verlander thing. And then we are going to get into our broadcast booth that has become rather controversial over the last, well, five years. Whenever uh, Mario and Rod got fired. So uh, we'll get into all that after the break. First, though, I've got to talk to you all about rockauto.com. This episode is brought to you by Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts that you need. So why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning and wait while the person behind the counter orders parts that on their computer, choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry? Doesn't make sense, people. You have computers. You have access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. Save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30%, 50%, even 100% more for the same parts from a chain store or car dealership. Rock Auto is a family business serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer. They have everything you need. Brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, even carpets. So go to Explore their easy-to-use website today and find the solution 
for your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck and write locked on in the how did you hear about us box so they know that we send you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need at rockauto.com. All right, everybody, we are back here for segment two at Locked On Tigers. Let's get into the, uh, what do you guys want to do first? I guess I, did, I I came in with it. I just like said what we were going to talk about. I didn't really think about what order we want to do it in. Let's uh, let's let's do the broadcast booth now. We'll save the Verlander stuff for last because that's, uh, that's actually kind of fun. And this broadcast booth, I, I don't think is going to be nearly as fun to talk about. So by most accounts, it sounds like, uh, the Tigers and Bally both plan on or, or have agreed upon or whatever their relationship is. That's kind of confusing, honestly. Uh, regardless, sounds like the booth is coming back. It sounds like the entire booth is coming back for next season. Uh, people have their opinions on this because uh, the broadcast booth, I, I really I don't enjoy just like talking about other people being bad at their jobs. I don't because I, sir, I mean, I get told every day that I'm bad at mine. So I, I, I don't like, uh, having a platform and doing that. Um, but, but this broadcast booth is brutal, man. It really is. And, and I don't know if it's specifically a, a, the personnel we have, together just don't work well together or if we we mix and mash a little bit better if it can improve but in its current state it is brutal it is i i mean i would find it hard pressed and I, this is not exagger this is not me exaggerating at all i watch a lot of baseball uh at i am not sure i can name a worse TV booth in all of baseball, truly. And again, I, I, I'm not making like personal, direct, like this person solely has ruined everything. And, and if we just got rid of one person, it would all be better. Or if we just brought in one person, it would all be better. I don't know if it's the lineup. I don't know if it's, if it's the, the pairings they have, but it is, <laughs> it's, it's tough. It's tough, um, and and it's not entirely fair to them either, because well, the initial reaction of it is not fair to them either. the The decision to continue keeping them is a hundred percent on them, but the the initial no one could have predicted that Mario and Rod were going to get into a WWE match in a parking lot. Like no one could have predicted that. No one could have predicted the 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 chokehold in in the the second row of a parking structure. Like that that was not predictable. And whether you like it or not, you had to let them go. The Tigers PR department had to let them go. There's no way they were just gonna be able to hold on to them after that whole thing. And and it's it, so so the the team that they just kind of slapped on there on the fly that that is not and anyone's fault or, or no one is to blame for that they had to put somebody in the booth and, and they got the the best person that they thought was available or the best people I should say that they thought were available uh, and and just kind of threw them into the fire now 
That was years ago now. What, three, four years ago? Three or four years ago now. That is enough time for you to realize that the entire fan base doesn't like your booth. And I think that's what it comes down to. My opinion, my subjective opinion of this booth does not matter to the the status of, of the the Bally Sports Detroit booth. It doesn't. I, I wish I had that much pull because that would mean that I, I was very successful in this industry, but it's not. My, my opinion means, means little to nothing to Bally Sports. Okay? But... The entire fan base's opinion should probably mean something. And Bally Sports has a Twitter. And they pay someone to sit on Twitter. They have a social media director. They have a social media manager. They have someone that get paid, that gets paid money to do this. Okay? And just sit on social media all day and run the Bally Sports Twitter accounts. You would think... That that they they would have somewhat of a pulse on the fan base's opinion of this broadcast booth, which is, which is incredibly negative. My opinion's completely out the window. This fan base cannot stand our own booth. Every single game, without fault, you have hundreds of tweets complaining about how bad the booth is. Hundreds of posts on whatever social media platform you use. You have signs at the game talking about how it's bad, man. It's, it's, it's just so tone deaf to just continue piling along and just say, yep, there's no problem. E- even if there isn't an actual problem. Again, just th- that, is, that is an industry where if this was like the general manager... And the owner was like, no, I, I saw this dude's plan. He laid it out to me. I believe that this dude's going to build a winning team, whether the fan base likes it or not. That's one thing, because you have your own opinion, and if you believe that that person has it in them, to, to their, their plan for the future, their layout is going to work, then, then that's, that's something, right? This... Is this field, the broadcasting, the booth, that field, the only reason they are there is for the fan. There is no like long con. There's no, oh, well, if uh, if if Jack Morris and Dan Petrie and Matt Shepard, if they all just, just really grind hard this offseason and, and, and just get in the weight room and, and learn how to hit a curveball and, and, or, or we start using this stat, then we'll get ahead of the game, we'll be money ball. Like, that's not a thing in broadcasting. You are what you are. And, and it's been years. It's not the first year where they're getting used to it and you're like, all right, well, next year will be better. We're three or four years deep into this. You gotta realize what your fan base is dying for. And we have been spoiled. And that's what I'm gonna end this on. We have been spoiled. We have been immensely spoiled with fantastic broadcasting on the radio and TV side for decades. Decades and decades and decades of either Hall of Fame or like like Cooperstown level talent 
or or at a bare minimum like local heroes that everyone loves mario and rod beloved by everybody you had to end that if that's the decision you made sure okay ernie harwell Cooperstown, objectively one of the probably five best broadcasters in the history of the game of baseball. George Kell, another absolutely unbelievable broadcast talent that did radio and TV for you. You continue to have Dan Dickerson might end up in Cooperstown when it's all said and done. One of the best radio voices of all time. If it wasn't for the fact that he was literally that he's literally the predecessor of Ernie freaking Harwell, he would be viewed I mean he still is within the fan base viewed as a as a up on a pedestal as an incredible talent that he deserves to be viewed as. It's just when you go from such greatness consistently for multiple decades, borderline half a century, and then you just immediately get nosedive and refuse to to have any change or e- even really acknowledge that there's a problem. It just it, it's just frustrating. So uh, as this Tigers product and as this Tigers team is is by far everyone's priority and first concern. It's a little frustrating, I'm sure. For I know it is for me, and I'm sure it is for a lot of people that uh, they they. How we take in these games and this this you know next year's supposed to be a big step forward for this team. And as the, the way that we are are taking in this product is is through a booth that very few people are okay with or enjoy, that's I mean that's that's a problem. And I, I um, I'm not sure if they have their they just don't realize or if they just are refusing to change it, neither are okay. So hopefully, um, going forward, we can have, uh, hopefully, hopefully the, the broadcast free agency market is, is big in 2022. I guess that's what I'll say. Okay. Let's get into our final segment where we're going to discuss the, uh, the Justin Verlander situation. That'll be a fun way to end it. First though, got to talk to y'all about betonline.ag. We're back and better than ever. A new web interface for the start of basketball season, more props, odds, and lines than ever before, BetOnline remains your number one spot for all basketball and football action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website, sign up today, and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use promo code Locked On to receive your bonus. From basketball, football, baseball, postseason, NHL, boxing, UFC, anything you can think of, Right to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. Bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. Bet online where the game starts. All right, everybody, we are back here for our final segment of Locked On Tigers. Let's talk Justin Verlander, shall we? Let's talk JV. He's uh, he's a free agent. His contract ends here. Well, uh, well, whenever the Astros get eliminated from the playoffs, his contract is going to end. Um, there's been rumors ever since people really, ever since he signed this current contract with Houston, honestly. it's It's been kind of pinpointed on people's calendars that after the contract ends, he's going to come back. 
And this season, that picked up a l- more and more and more momentum, especially after the, uh, the the Tommy John. People thought maybe the Astros would be more hesitant to bring him back, and that would leave a door open for us to jump in. It's going to be a really interesting situation. Alavila even said that the Detroit Tigers are very much in on the starting pitching market in a big way, and they're going to sign a starting pitcher. He pretty much guaranteed it along with uh, a shortstop being a top priority, as he said. Uh, You can go listen to me breaking down the entire postseason uh, press conference and Newsday there, uh, I think last week, maybe even two weeks ago now. Uh, A couple days after the season, and whatever date that is, uh, if you want a full breakdown of all the quotes out of of that day. But um, So so we know we're going to be in the starting pitching market, and the best pitcher in the history of the Detroit Tigers – is going to be on that market. Uh, it's gonna be, it's, it's gonna be really interesting. So, so the thing, the news out of this situation is that the Astros front office and ownership pretty much said that they fully intend on offering Justin Verlander a qualifying offer. So, I'm gonna for dummies break down the qualifying offer really quickly. Just so there's no confusion on what we're all talking about, uh, a qualifying offer is basically something that every single team has the ability to do. Uh, you can offer a player a qualifying offer, which is a one-year deal that takes the top, oh boy, I'm not going to remember the exact number. It's the the top X amount of contracts in baseball and at yearly salaries, not like you know the 300 million like total salaries. The top uh, AAV, the top average salary uh, per, per season, single year salary, averages it out, and you can offer anybody on your team a one year deal of that salary. And if they say yes, then you get them back for that salary and for a one year deal. And if they say no, then you are compensated with a draft pick. And if you sign someone that another team offered a qualifying offer to, you lose draft picks. The caveat is, well, th- those are two big caveats, obviously. Reasons to offer people qualifying offers and reasons to not sign players with qualifying offers uh, that have been offered to them by their original teams. But on top of that, you can uh, a player can only be offered uh, one qualifying offer in their entire career. So Justin Verlander obviously has never been even close to being offered a qualifying offer because um, – the, uh, the Houston deal, he, he just got an extension after we traded him uh, to Houston. So that was just a, a natural just extension because he pitched so well in the second half for them. And then uh, for us, he, he I mean, I'm not even sure Justin Verlander ever got within like a calendar year of free agency. You know, like, like he was just he was Justin Verlander. So uh, when, when he was young, we were out ahead of it and extending him. On, uh, on a year-to-year basis, and then when uh, when the service time came up and he was going to th- even threaten to become an unrestricted free agent, I mean, we extended him uh, pl- way in advance of any... He, he was never close to even coming becoming a free agent, so we obviously never offered him a qualifying offer. So, 
This is uh, at almost 40 years old. This is the first time that he will have ever been offered a qualifying offer, which is uh, kind of interesting. You don't usually see people that late in their careers getting offered. It's usually something that teams offer when they know it's going to be declined, right? Like like Carlos Correa for the Astros will also probably get a qualifying offer thrown at him if, if they know they're not going to re-sign him so that they can get a draft pick out of it at least, right? So where does that kind of play into the Tigers situation? Well, basically, you will have to be, I've said basically and obviously a lot in this segment. I apologize. Uh, What it means is you are going to have to be okay with losing draft pick compensation. Now, there's a couple of caveats in what picks we lose. Okay, so for starters, I've also said caveat like six times. What is happening? Uh, I'm sorry, everyone. Uh, so what, what stipulations are, uh, are, are part of this? Your highest first round pick, your best first round pick can is not eligible. Okay. So your, if you have a, a one first round pick and then like a compensation round a pick and, and you were to sign someone of a qualifying offer, you the first round, your highest pick in the first round is untouchable. That's why you you see every single team barring cheating scandal and you get it stripped. Every single team has a first round pick in baseball because it can't be stripped in this, and you can't trade draft picks in baseball. So everybody's first round pick is chilling. After that, everything else after that, all the way through the tenth round, is up for grabs to get taken. Now, how do they determine which picks are taken? It depends on a lot. It depends on how much the player is signed for, but mostly it depends on what your current team's salary is. So if you are the Dodgers, okay, and the Dodgers go out there and they sign, uh, they are well over the luxury tax, right? The Dodgers have the biggest payroll in baseball. They are, they are way over the luxury tax, and paying a hefty luxury tax, but it doesn't matter because they're incredible and they make all that money back with selling out their stadium because they have a good product and they're in the World Series every year and their owner is a multi-billionaire. So he actually realizes that it's more beneficial for him to do so and I wish that a certain Detroit Tigers owner would realize the same thing. Okay, anyway, if the Dodgers were to sign someone with a qualifying offer, they would lose a much better draft pick than if, say, the Tampa Bay Rays were... Now, the Rays would never do that because the Rays have the opposite problem where they have a cheap owner who refused to spend any money at all, ever. But again, I keep going down di- different uh, different sidebars and getting frustrated, <laughs> sorry. Um, so if, if a team like the Rays or, or the Guardians or, or us in our current state, right? If we... Were to uh, were to sign someone with a qualifying offer, our penalty would be a lot. Our draft pick compensation loss would be a lot lower of a pick than if the Dodgers did, or the Yankees did with their current payroll, or or even the Angels or teams like that with with really high uh, payrolls like that. So they they can take multiple. If it if it if the math works out, where like a, like a seventh and a fourth equal the value that is determined 
for, uh, I don't want to make it sound like it's a jury where they're like, oh, let's determine how much there is. There's a mathematical like thing for all of it. It's just incredibly complicated. It would take me a whole hour to explain its own right. So I, 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 the point is if they offer JV a qualifying offer, the qualifying offer for this year has been set because they've already done the math and averaged out the the top salaries in baseball and then what the average yearly salary is for all of them. It's a little over $18 million. Okay. So the Astros are about to offer Verlander a one year 18.2 or 18.4 or six or somewhere around there uh, million dollar deal. And if he takes it, then he's back on them for one year, 18 point whatever mil. And that's all there is to it. And if he doesn't take it, then, uh, and he is signed, which he obviously will be, then the Astros will get some sort of draft pick compensation and whatever team sign him, signs him will lose some sort of draft pick uh, package. Okay? So the Tigers, if we were to sign him, A, we would have to sign him for either a one-year deal that's more than 18 point whatever million dollars, which I, I don't see happening as much as I love Verlander. He's, he's going to be pushing 40 and coming off Tommy John. I can't imagine that his AAV is going to be $20 million. Or we lure him away with a two-year deal for slightly less AAV. Like a two-year $30 million deal with $15 million AAV. Three million less, but two years of security. Bada bing, bada boom. Verlander's a tiger. We lose our whatever third and eighth round pick or whatever it's going to be. And we call it a day. Um, that That's where, that, that that's the story. That That's it. That, that's the story. That's where we're currently at. So in your head, you have to use your evaluation and determine what, you think is worth it then is is bringing Verlander in going to be worth that or is the fact that we're going to have to offer him two mil and uh, the AAV that we're going to have to offer him might be slightly more than it was before they offered him the qualifying offer because we're going to have to actually lure him away Uh, the qualifying offer off also sticks I believe for the first week of unrestricted free agency so uh, the the players will have the first it the the qualifying offer acceptance period and free agency overlap for about seven days I believe five five to seven days somewhere around there so Verlander will get more than enough time to determine his market and figure out uh, if if he's going to have about a week to to figure out uh, if if the market that is presented to him is good enough to outweigh the one year 18 point whatever mail that he is likely to be offered there. Okay. So that that's where we're at. How much AAV are you willing to pay him? Are you willing to give a 40 year old coming off Tommy John a two year deal? Uh, is the AAV is going to have to go up a little bit in the two year deal too. Uh, it's You don't have to match it. I don't think because I think another year of security is probably outweighs like the three to seven million less you could offer him in AAV, but it's definitely not going to be like 10 mil. I don't think that would lure him, right? It's going to be interesting. It's going to be really, really interesting. Regardless, the Tigers have money to spend. We are paying nobody on this roster outside of Miguel Cabrera. 
We have a bottom, what, six payroll in all of baseball with Miggy's contract included, which he's leaving after two more years of, as he's announced. This You got to spend. This is the time to spend. You can do it. As Al says, he doesn't want to spend like a drunken sailor, but it's time to spend. It's time to spend some money. So I would love to hear you, the listener, your fans, your fans, geez, you, the fans, your opinions on uh, on on what you guys think would be worth a uh, a a Verlander contract. If you think you know, if you didn't know the draft pick thing before, if you think that it would be worth it to to sign him, even though you're going to be losing a pick or two, uh, whatever. Any opinions you have on the Verlander thing, I'll be more than happy to hear. Just tweet it at uh, the Locked On account at Locked On Tigers. And I'd love to read through uh, some of your guys' opinion on that. So, uh, yeah, that'll do it. This one was a little bit of a longer show, too. Um, but I'm glad that we actually got a show with, like, actual, you know, content about, about like, the Tigers. That's kind of cool. It's been a minute. So, Bo Brisky interview tomorrow. Can't wait. It's going to be sick. Can't wait for you guys to listen to it. And thanks for listening to Locked on Tigers. Thanks for making it your first listen. Every day, make your second listen. Locked on MLB, Paul Francis Sullivan, please call him Sully, brings you his unique perspective on the majors, both past and present. It's free and available on all platforms. Thank you guys so much for listening. Thank you guys for putting up with my uh, my my weirdness. Um, and yeah, hell yeah, baby. We ride, we ball, we ball. Peace and love, going to therapy's dope, and I will catch y'all tomorrow with Bo Brisky. Go Tigers, baby.